Well, it's been a couple of months since the last podcast. Well, what was the last one on? <laughs> oh, the Olympics. Which oh, I yeah. Finished. The Olympics. <laughs> Funny thing. Uh, now that the Olympics are over, uh, we have a world war. Or the start of a world war. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't want to call it a world war. I don't want to be the sensationalist uh, journalist who says, oh my god, we're heading for a world war. But that could be very much what it is. But regardless... Uh, World War or not, we're here to talk about it. I I mean, I wanted to, I wanted us to touch on the uh, the freedom convoys uh, in North America, but given the circumstances, yeah, exactly. I thought I thought we might as well start off with with uh, the whole conflict in Ukraine because uh, we actually have a cousin who lives in Kiev. Was it? Uh, he's in Kiev, right? Yeah, thought he was in Kharkiv, but he's actually in Kiev. So he's in good. Kiev, so it's that's actually uh, better. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I don't know. Kharkiv I don't know now bad. because apparently the Russians are are in Kiev and there there's a big fight going on for the city. So I I don't know. Um, I think Kharkiv has already been is, uh, taken. Has it been taken? Not taken, but it's or like occupied. Heavily, oh, there it's heavily, contested. Uh, heavily contested. Yeah. That's right. So, okay. It's in the eastern region where the separatists are. Mm. So it's it's actually better. It's actually worse than Kiev. Kiev, yeah. I'd imagine the heavier fighting is going on uh, in the east. But it, it, se- it seems like the Russians, for the most part, are just like trying to blitzkrieg it, you know, headed straight for... Uh, heading straight for uh, Kiev, trying to take the capital... Capture uh, what's his name? The Ukrainian president Zelensky, Zelensky. who, by the way, decided to stay behind very nobly instead of uh, accepting offers from the U.S. to evacuate him. Um, I've I've seen I've seen pictures of him in like military uniform and stuff. I don't know how much of that is actually propaganda because I I don't think I don't think you want to risk your your leader going out and fighting like that especially in the modern age I mean this isn't uh, the age of romanticism where a king can go out with his you know his his little retinue and fight Um, so I don't know I don't know how much of his propaganda but you know good on him I suppose for deciding to stay behind I mean I guess from the the moral standpoint, or not moral, morale standpoint. Uh, it's good for the troops, good for the, uh, the citizens to see that he's there, he's not leaving. I mean, because let's face it, Ukraine is pretty heavily outmatched here with Russia. I mean, I'm no military expert, but you don't have to be one to come to that conclusion. So, uh, good on Zelensky, but before we get into that I, I suppose we should start from the beginning how this all started what was going on i don't know you want to provide some context for the whole conflict in ukraine i'm not sure as far as i, I know have... um yeah so i think it i think it started at the un level where um or nato level where ukraine was actually going to join nato and uh, Russia was heavily objected to that because mm-hmm. uh, basically, essentially, like if you attack or if you 
uh, attack a NATO state, basically, you declare war on NATO. Yep. Basically, and then that brings in, that automatically brings in uh, the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly the United States. <laughs> because the United States, let's not, let's, let's not. Let's be honest, like, they have the largest military power in the world right now. They are NATO. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much are NATO. They are NATO, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's Russia, yeah, obviously didn't want that. So I feel like this this could go either way. Because I don't think NATO wants Ukraine to be... Because that's, like, the buffer between Europe and Russia, essentially. Because if they take Ukraine, basically, what's stopping them to, to go into Poland, for example? Poland's, Na- Poland's a NATO state, right? Yeah. Poland, uh, I think all the other uh, countries yeah. that border Russia to the north, Lithuania, Estonia, I think they're all they're all NATO members, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, might wa- someone might want to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that. they are. Sorry. I'm just, thinking, um, I'm just uh, Googling... <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's yeah, so. it's pretty crazy out there with with all this, you know, you got the web of alliances and stuff. It's interesting because um, I guess we have to understand again, like geo geopolitics, to re- really know why Russia acted in uh, such an aggressive aggressive way. If you look at how eight years ago they took Crimea, because that that's like right. such a strategic location. In the Black Sea, Ukraine is actually in a really good position for trade-wise. Like, basically, um, they're pretty much only a few hours from Europe. Like, like um, you can drive through uh, Poland and get to Germany, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. So it's like it's very strategic, and also across the sea, there's Turkey, Greece, um, Macedonia, uh, and and also the Mediterranean, which is obviously a huge uh, trading area. I think Turkey's going to play a huge role in a lot. I mean, yeah, Turkey, Turkey's NATO, right? They're NATO. Yeah, but but especially because they control. Um, the entrance to the uh, Black Sea from the right. other side. Right, right, right. Yeah, Istanbul being like the the gate essentially. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of like people are shocked at how aggressive it took or how 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 quick the tides like turned, but. Yeah, because no one, no one yeah. thought it would actually happen. I remember um, we were there at your place for for dinner for our, our grandparents' anniversary, and we, I mean, everyone kind of was briefly touching on this, and even my even my dad was like, "Oh, there's no way it's gonna happen, right? They're they're not gonna invade. It's all just you know they're flexing military muscle." I mean, no one expected it. No, I didn't expect it. You didn't expect it. I mean, I was jokingly saying I I was betting on war. They, yeah. that's just me but then when it actually happened you're like oh my god what <laughs> who saw it coming <laughs> then again then again it's like whoever sees major conflict coming i mean you, you never you never think it's gonna happen but when it happens you're like 
oh man because i think i think even even the second world war i mean there was stuff brewing but all the major powers were like it's not gonna happen it's like we're not gonna fight nazi germany sure they're taking czechoslovakia but we don't have to fight them and then and then they went through poland and then britain and france were like oh okay <laughs> so now <laughs> yeah. we have war so you you never really see it coming which is uh really in part of the the horror of it right because especially in, in these days where you know we're so we're so comfortable we're so you know we live in this decadent era of you know technology and entertainment i mean even the the general response in in the West right now, or the general reaction in the in the West right now from uh, from the ever, everyday person. I mean, yeah, they're they're like, oh yeah, we we show our solidarity with the Ukrainians, but everyone's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's not going to escalate any further, is it? I mean, I certainly hope it doesn't, because no one wants a, a World War Three. I mean, yeah. war is costly. War uh, causes so much disruption to you know economies, to lives. No one wants it, and no one expects it to ever escalate. But given the, like you said, the whole geopolitical situation in, in Europe, in, in Eastern Europe specifically, on the, on the Russian borders, it's. I mean, th- this has been brewing for some time, and. When, when we say we don't expect it, in reality, we kind of should. I mean, if we pay attention to stuff that's going on, like you said, uh, you mentioned that uh, Putin and the Russians annexed the Crimean Peninsula eight years ago under the Obama administration. So I, I guess the warning signs were there in place. And, and I guess the Europeans were kind of prepared for this in a sense, where they were like, okay, if, if Putin does something, you know, we're going to do sanctions, 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 sanctions. But I, I guess even then they didn't, they weren't fully expecting military action, maybe like what uh, uh, they expected, what Putin did a couple of days ago, where he officially recognized those two breakaway uh, states in Eastern Ukraine. So yeah. I don't know, man. And it's physical conflict yeah. is, ugh, I don't know. It, it's it's insane. It, it gets ugly because and you see a lot of states that are, are trying to abstain. Even like, even China hasn't said that they've stayed like mom on the subject. They haven't uh, like allied themselves with Russia or taken any sides. Uh, te- <laughs> technically, they're kind of like they're playing word games, right? I, I think they're playing. Yeah, that's. True. I think uh, what's his name? Xi Jinping. Uh, well, he didn't openly support Russia. He's like, you know, this is the U.S.'s fault, right? This is NATO's fault. <laughs> so I don't think he's gonna openly support the Russians. No, because, he, he won't because do that, that's obviously. you know. <laughs> You know, one wants to openly yeah. declare war or side with the this the side uh, the the party yeah, that's the aggressor, right? Um, but you you gotta think, uh, Xi Jinping needs the Russians if he's going to ever uh, fulfill his own ambitions. Because as we all know, China has been wanting to take Taiwan for some time, and now that the Russians have moved into uh, Ukraine, um. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> are they like, you know, are the Chinese licking or I shouldn't say Chinese, but when I say Chinese, I really mean the CCP. But, uh, you know, the Chinese are licking their chops like, uh, wow, you know, if no one's going to do anything militarily, why not move into Taiwan, you know? Or Hong Kong. Or Hong Kong. Or Hong Kong. But isn't Hong Kong technically theirs now? Now that the it, it uh, is theirs, yeah. But um, agreement's I over. Guess, like, I guess technically they could like flex some more muscle and make it make life even worse for the people who live in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, yeah. They've already introduced that security law. So, and they, yeah, Taiwan probably they probably go after Taiwan more because they're a sub- sovereign state. Rather than uh, like a, a vassal, essentially. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the U.S. is under treaty to uh, defend Taiwan with military action should the Chinese decide to invade. I could yeah. be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that's the deal in place. I think it's part of the... The Japanese, the same agreement that protects the Japanese. Japanese, right? right. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Pacific but Treaty. They aren't. I know. I mean, because Ukraine's not NATO, right? So none of the NATO states, like UK, France, Germany, uh, the US, none of them are actually obligated internationally to um, send in their militaries to assist them with this defensive war. But, like you said. Uh, the whole economics of it, the geopolitics, is do they want Ukraine to fall to the Russians, to uh, to the Russians, or do they want the Russians to set up a, a puppet state in the Ukraine? No, they don't want that, yeah. because <laughs> it gives the Russians more control of the area, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and then, even countries like... Because mm, wherever you, wherever you are in the world, like, they the like you see countries starting to form an opinion like like the west is obviously going to not support it but then you'll see like in the middle east uh for example saudi arabia they're they're abstaining from making an opinion <laughs> they <laughs> are <laughs> <laughs> yeah like basically they're they're not really saying anything and even the uae um to um because essentially the because they have their own resources I feel like they, they would pretty much be, because you know how oil is like a yeah. global resource, right? And the world depends on oil, right? Right now, anyway. Um, so, like Saudi Arabia and the UAE are like obligated to, like, sell oil to everyone, regardless. It's kind of like during the the Second World War, where they actually didn't take a side. Saudi? Yeah. Well, they, they helped the Allies, but, like, they I don't think they... They didn't fight physically. They didn't fight, like... I, I don't, there wasn't there like, wasn't a front in Arabia, right? It was in no, no. North <laughs> Africa. All... North, North well, Africa, the closest yeah. one to the Muslim world was North Africa. Yeah. But, yeah. If, if Russia does set up, a, like, a puppet state, or if they succeed... To set up a puppet state that could like boil over to other regions and set a precedent 
Oh yeah, that's say, like, that's the most dangerous thing, right? It's it's all this precedent setting, which is I think something we're going to also discuss uh, when we get to the uh, the freedom convoys. But if you don't take a hard stance against this kind of aggression, and I'm I'm speaking generally here, it it gives people like Vladimir Putin and and Xi Jinping this idea that no one's going to stop me, right? Which is why, I, I mean, I've been kind of thinking about this for like the past few days. The narrative now that you kind of see uh, being portrayed in the media is like, this is all Trump's fault, right? And it's like, thank God Trump's not in power or this could have been much worse. I'm, I'm like thinking, <laughs> you know, if Trump were in power... I think it would have been a little more favorable. I don't think Putin would have attacked Ukraine because let's let's be real here. Trump is a lunatic. He's an egotistical madman. But that's the exact reason why guys like Putin and, and Xi Jinping were a little were a little reluctant about making any kind of you know aggressive moves because you don't know what Trump is gonna do, right? And I believe do you remember um, God, what was that? Was it a summit? Uh, oh God, I can't remember what it was. But when Trump went to Europe to speak with all with a bunch of uh, European leaders, and the the whole whole uh, debacle out of it that the media was making was that oh he insulted Angela Merkel. Do you, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But the interesting thing is. Um, what was lost in translation, really, essentially, was that Trump said he he told Putin, and this was like some some time ago, um, before he lost to Biden in the election. He told he told Putin that, listen, if you make moves on Ukraine, I will attack Moscow. <laughs> he said that directly, yeah. and uh, well, I don't know. I don't think that's essentially scared Putin, but. It made him think twice, like, okay, you know, they have a madman in power in America, and <laughs> do I really want to, uh, you know, go to war with him? So, I, I, I guess I'm kind of making this into a conversation on Trump. I know Trump has his deficiencies. I said it, he's a lunatic. He's not perfect. But when you have your Vladimir Putins and your, and your Xi Jinpings of the world... Sometimes you need your own, your own madman, on your end of the bargaining table to say, "Hey, if you do that, I'm gonna do this. No joke. I'm serious. I'm gonna press the big red button." Because the this this common misconception I feel that a lot of you know our generation and the, and the younger generation have is that you know if, if we all hold hands and sing kumbaya. And we all talk about it. Well, granted that d- diplomacy and discussion is important too. I'm not saying that, but when you have this 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 overarching notion that if we all just sat down and talk about it, that everything's going to be okay, that in itself is wrong because you're you're not accounting for the different kinds of people and, and human nature. And you I mean you're always going to have your your Vladimir Putin's and your Xi Jinping's and your, your you know, your Kim Jong-il's and then whatnot. So sometimes, and I, I, sometimes you need, 
you need the guy who's going to bring down the fist. You know, the guy who's going to put his foot down and say enough is enough. And though I know I'm not warmongering here, I'm not saying that I want a global conflict. But, you know, if push comes to shove, you're going to want the guy who is willing to do what it takes to, you know, preserve peace, to um, to ensure the safety of, you know, our own nations, of countries like Canada, of the U.S., and even, even Western Europe. So I think it's unfair... And it's very and it's very disingenuous of the media. Surprise, surprise, that they're kind of pushing this this narrative. I'm not sure if you've seen it, um, but you probably have, that, especially on Reddit. It's like, oh, this is all Trump's fault. If uh, Trump did this, Trump did that, and like, oh. guys, Putin <laughs> invaded Ukraine when Joe Biden is president. <laughs> he took Crimea when Obama was president. I mean, it's it, it's. It's not a coincidence. It, it's really not. I don't know. What What do you think? I'm just ranting here. No, yeah. Even when uh, the when the Iron Curtain came down, like the like when when Reagan actually told them to tear down the wall, uh, that that was essentially after ten years of war in Afghanistan with uh, mm-hmm. against the Soviets. And, and and Reagan was, to be fair, Reagan's the ones that started all that. With the terror. <laughs> but, I mean, but but I mean, he's the one that pushed the Russians out of Afghanistan, essentially. So, so essentially, like you, you have to take a stand against if you if you need to protect your own like sovereign states or your own uh, allies, you have to like take a stand and um, push the uh, the aggressors out, rather than otherwise. If you if the Soviet Union would have we allowed them to just walk in like in the, in the 80s after they took Afghanistan like poor Afghanistan I feel like they're I feel like, like after like years of war I feel like they're they're finally having some sort of some peace. sort of I hope <laughs> it lasts I honestly I, I mean a bit of a digression here but I know we all hate on the Taliban but you know this is this is their chance this is their chance to finally get that era of peace with no fighting hopefully I say hopefully because uh, I don't know what a what the other ethnic groups in Afghanistan are going to do because I know a bunch of them don't like the Taliban, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, but, yeah, well, let's let's not <laughs> let's not get into that. Yeah, it's a minor digression, but uh, basically, um, if we just allowed them to walk in like they did, like uh, they did, like, could you imagine if? Uh, the Arab world was allied to the Soviets. Uh, yeah, that would not be pretty. That wouldn't be very pretty at all. <laughs> nope, not at if, all. Yeah, because that's essentially what the Soviet Union wanted, right? And when they invaded Afghanistan, they wanted right. oil because mm-hmm. they were really running out of money at that point. And then if we allowed them, like Gorbachev, to have his way, mm-hmm. no, that wouldn't have been good. So I feel like if when push comes to shove, like somebody has to take a stand, and I think someone has to. Exactly. Really, it's going to be the one with the most money and the most powerful army, which is uh, the neighbor to the south. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, no one. I mean, no one. No one. I know the U.S. gets a lot of flack for their foreign policy, and and is, some of it is deserved. I mean, you look at the whole the the Gong Show that was the uh, you know. 
the Iraq, the whole Iraq conflict then and Afghanistan, the whole withdrawal from Afghanistan, all the trouble that caused. I mean, yeah, rightfully so, they have to be criticized. But at the same time, I don't I don't like it when especially these European powers, you know, they they complain a lot about the US. Like, oh, the US does this, oh the US that. And at the same time, they're like, oh, please protect us. You know, put your troops in Europe. And I I think uh, Trump, God, I know I sound like I'm a Trump supporter, but I'm not. Okay. I'm I'm just, I'm just speaking here. I'm trying to speak out of some, some form of logic. I have logic to my, to my arguments here, but Trump uh, told the European, the, his, the NATO allies, like, you know, why should we put our troops in, you know, in bases there when you guys aren't pulling your weight? Right. Yes. So he, and, and he told them, if you want our troops there, pay us more. Right. Uh, pull your weight. Help us. And uh, I can't remember who it was. I, 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 read, I read a tweet uh, from on Twitter because was it was it a Reddit comment? I can't remember. But it's like, you know, if if the U.S. decides to intervene uh, physically in the Ukraine, uh, when it when the conflict is over, the same European countries and, and nations that were sort of calling for their help are going to begin criticizing them again. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it, I I am a bit sympathetic to the Americans in that regard. In that I mean they to be fair yeah. they did put themselves in that position by making by you know by taking the stance on you know we're gonna be the world police you know we're gonna set up military bases around the world. They did that of their own volition, right? No one asked them to. It was this, I guess, this own ambitious push for a sort of democratic imperialism, I say in air quotes. But, hey, they, they've they done a good job. I mean, good job. Um, they've done a decent job, I suppose, in, in maintaining some form of order, right? You've had your conflicts, yes. No one's denying that. Yeah. But there hasn't been... And up until now, any sort of major uh, incursion or offensive by uh, world powers or second-rate world powers um, against each other, right? And of course, by you know the the late two uh, thousands, uh, you know, in twenty, I don't know when you can say the America's military presence began to decline, but uh, there came a point. Where, you know, they they sort of start to lose or not lose, uh, but you know they're they're spreading themselves too thin, and I think I think uh, Trump saw that, right? Which is why his whole his whole uh, campaign was make America great again. You know, bring back the troops, um, invest in domestic industry, right, and you know just shore up our own borders. And a lot of people took offense to that. But, you know, there is there is part of it that makes sense, right? Because when you've spread yourself so thin across the globe, you know, you're just prepping yourself for collapse. Uh, yeah. I, mean, we, I mean, you saw it in, in Rome, you saw it with the English, and now you're, you've, you're beginning to see it um, with the Americans too. So... I'm not entirely surprised that that they aren't taking military action, but you know, should they get involved in the Ukraine? 
is the question everyone's asking, right? Um, because at that point, if the U.S. or any other uh, NATO nation decides to step into Ukraine, that's when you're crossing into global conflict territory. Um, yeah. But then again, it, it's all these questions. Like, if you're going to be the, if you're going to be that, you know, this this seat of uh, quote unquote democracy and freedom, then do you need to take a stand physically? Do you need to enforce that uh, by might? I don't know. Tough questions, man. Tough questions. I know. I just pricked my finger. Just this stupid needle. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, another minor talking point. I'm actually working on a beating project for my master's, so forgive me if I sound distracted or my thoughts are, like, just going from one place to another. (laughs) But, yeah, I I don't know. Like, what do you think? I've been rambling again, so go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, uh, the United States right now, they have, like, bases all over the world, and they sub- I think I saw one graphic once of how, if, if, if you look at a map, there are actually bases in con- in the countries bordering Iran, but Iran is like, they have no bases in Iran. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's I remember like they're that. surrounding I saw that Iran. Too, yeah. But, <laughs> but, it, it, but they, they're bas- they've basically... Um, enforced their sort of uh, rule of law over um, the world and they've uh, maintained some sort of order and it's, it's actually interesting because up until now the the world has been at most peace since uh, the great the world war to the first the second world war actually and um, correct yeah it, besides like conf- conflict and poverty and everything it's uh, the world has actually been in the best shape ever well health well not really in the environmental sense but uh, you know with the human yeah, sense I mean, we're yeah, living but... we're living in this this era of tranquility that has never been seen before in the history of mankind and it's never, I mean, yeah. you can some could say it's it's unnatural right <laughs> that <laughs> the natural order of things that there's that there's conflict but yeah. um yeah you're, you're absolutely right I mean, we are living, we have been living in the most peaceful, um, prosperous time, especially in the Western nations. Not, I mean, we can't say the same for impoverished nations, unfortunately, but um, we have everything. And I, I guess that that's what, that's what uh, makes this, this idea of a global conflict so scary, because the moment it happens... Right, you're going to kind of lose that—that that everything. You're going to lose that tranquility. You're going to be suddenly thrust into um, this this historical textbook scenario where you have all-out war and people. You know, we're not prepared for it. I mean, straight up. You know, you, me, our generation, even. I mean, I guess even our our parents' generation. We're, we're not. We're not prepared for it. And it can have some serious repercussions, you know, should it ever get to that stage. And I I hope it does not, because, I mean, given the technology and and what some of these, uh, you know, these military innovations are capable of doing. I mean, all you got to do is press a button and bam, you can level a city. You can level multiple cities, right? Yeah, exactly. And man, it's... 
uh, I don't think it's gonna go nuclear because I mean we have mutually assured destruction. No one wants to blow up the world, right? But <laughs> but um, uh, you look at you look at what's going on in Ukraine and some of the the sanctions that uh, the opposing powers wants to put in place. I mean, people want to boot uh, Russia off the uh, what's it called the the Swift. Uh, the banking system was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Swift they want to boot Russia off of that, and other people That's are crazy. saying, "Why would you? Why would you do that? That's stupid." Because then Russia is like, "Okay, the gloves are off. I can, you know, we can do anything we want. We can. <laughs> um, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna cut us off from the rest of the world. Okay, here's the big red button. Boop. There go the nukes. Or, or if that doesn't happen, who do they turn to? The Chinese, right? I mean, then yeah. you just strengthen relation between relations between Putin and, and Xi Jinping, and you get this, you get this almost cliche uh, unholy alliance, right? Uh, oh, yeah. The axe, the Axis powers. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It's it's just a scary thought. I mean, uh, I it it blows my mind to even think that it would get to this point of these these I guess these quasi stages of of a of a global conflict. I mean, I hope it doesn't escalate, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Because uh, I think the world is definitely watching very carefully. As as we know, like with today's constant, you know, constant on culture. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> That's another thing, like, um, in today's world, like, I kind of, don't want to say it's bad yet because like you know sometimes you you just want to disconnect a little bit just to keep yourself sane because mm-hmm. of the, the, the absolutely yeah but uh like because of this constant connection you know culture of connection and always on like you feel like if you don't know what's going on in a certain part of the world it's like oh you feel like you're lost or something and that's another thing that's probably i don't know that that's going to be our downfall or that's like going to be like our crux it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a i see what you're saying it's a bit of a double-edged sword isn't it this whole i guess this this age of mass media that we that we live in because um I i guess speaking from the militaristic standpoint it's such an effective tool for uh, propaganda, right? I mean, you go you go on Reddit and you, you check out you know all all the footage that's that's sort of coming in that people are capturing. It's yeah. all very pro-Ukrainian. It's like, oh, Russian convoy was destroyed, and then they'll show this video of of this, of, of uh, uh, these Russian vehicles that have been you know uh, targeted by ambushes and stuff. And it's every like, I don't, I, I guess not. Not every single one, but I guess nine out of ten of these videos that come in or, or news yeah. that comes in, it's all like Ukraine, Ukraine, you know, Ukrainian soldiers capture a Russian platoon and stuff like that. And I you know I'm looking through all this and you know I'm I'm happy. All right. I, I do not want the Russians to win. Absolutely not, because it, yeah, it can cause a lot exactly. of problems. But you know, at, at some point you gotta look at that and say, wow, this is awfully suspicious. <laughs> right i mean there there is no way that i mean i'm sure the ukrainians are putting up stiff resistance and and good on them they should that's their homeland 
Yeah, but exactly. there's no way that this conflict is as one-sided as these, you know, these uh, these little tidbits of, of media are, are trying to, you know, shape it as. It's, I mean, 100% the Ukrainians are suffering massive casualties, right? And yeah. it's like, I mean, it goes, you know, that, that, that social media machine is, is just so effective. I mean, we, we talked about uh, Zelensky taking up arms and how... I, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm 100% sure that in itself is propaganda, right? I mean, he's not going to go and fight on the front lines because if he dies, then that's a huge blow to to Ukraine, right? Oh, you, yeah, you, for you just sure. lost your leader, and yeah. so it's it's this double-edged sword where, on one hand, you can use it to to, especially in the case of a country like Ukraine that's being invaded by this this, this superpower that's a lot stronger than them. You need social media to to bolster morale because morale is oh, so yeah. important because you're like you're like the smaller force right and you know if, you, if you're getting these overwhelming reports about you know the russians just steamrolling you that's not gonna help at all that's right? no, so, not at all and th- that's yeah. why you're getting these i mean uh, i'm not saying they're 100 lies i mean there's certain there's certainly truth in it all like um that's the, that story about those ukrainian soldiers on i think it was snake island where the Russian a Russian warship broadcasted the signal, he's like, and telling telling them to you know surrender, you know lay down your arms and surrender. And these Ukrainian soldiers, I think it was like thirteen of them stationed on the island, they essentially told the, the you know the Russians to go to go and f themselves, right? Family family friendly podcast. I will not uh, repeat yeah. the word that was used. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll they, they told them to go. Yeah, they told them to go f themselves, and you know they all they were all killed. So you yeah. you get those stories, and man, you, that's. It's such effective propaganda because I mean, it, it's not it's not necessarily a lie, but you can take stuff like that and you can broadcast across social media. I mean, now you're getting T-shirts that 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 uh, that read this that same message that these Ukrainian soldiers sent out in reply to that uh, Russian warship going after yourself, right? And, yeah. and proceeds are going to to Ukraine. So, oh, you know, in that regard, sorry. In that regard, no, no problem. It's it's such an effective tool, but oh, yeah. on the other hand, on the other side of it, it's that you know that distraction that prevent actually prevents you to know what's going on, right? Because I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna send insults to um, actually I'm not gonna name this person, but <laughs> they uh, they have been on this podcast before. Well, that that kind of narrows it down, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not. Quite a lot. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not insulting them or, or you know, saying that they should pay more attention. But a lot of people, they don't. They actually don't know, or they heard of it and they, they're like, okay, but they're they're so caught up in, you know, entertainment and uh, social media that. It's like whatever. It's like okay, this conflict's happening halfway across the globe. It's okay, you know. It's not going to come here. And again, I'm not. I don't want to be a fear monger, but you you have to keep an eye on what's going on in the world, right? It's so important, especially when stuff like this breaks out, right? This this isn't. The Iraq War. This isn't the U.S. pummeling, U.S. the U.S. and their allies pummeling this one nation for a hundred days, and then you know sending in troops to mop up the mess. 
right? Or clean up the mess, sorry. This is uh, a conflict involving two, you know, Western... I mean, I'm not, they're not superpowers by any means. Even Russia isn't the same superpower it was uh, like the 30, 40 years ago. But this kind of thing hasn't happened for like 80 years. I mean, this is the first military, you know, large-scale military conflict in Europe between since European nations since, since yeah, since like when? The 50s? Since mm-hmm. since World War II? And yeah. it's huge, right? I mean, because not only uh, does it threaten the security of Europe, I know of these other powers that could essentially drag the world into conflict, it also... Um, Oh God! What was I going to say? I completely forgot. Uh, it, it also it, it involves um, the use of this technology, right? That that's never been used in large scale warfare. Because if you know, if a country, I mean, I'm not slapping Ukraine here, but I mean, their I mean, their armed forces are are average, I guess. But if if a country like the U.S. were to step in, you know, intervention, declare war on Russia. I mean, we, we've never seen that kind of conflict before, right? Between yeah. two world powers. And it's, and it's very scary because the moment that happens, the dominoes start to fall. Uh, everyone decides to get involved. Um, you, you, mean, you just know that Canada is going to get involved <laughs> if the U.S. Oh, yeah. gets involved. And it's, it's just something you have to keep your eye on. I'm, I'm not saying you dedicate... 100% of your time on this topic. No, get on with your life. I mean, even even people in Ukraine, I mean, you see the videos, these these people are walking around as the soldiers are fighting, as these tanks are, uh, are, are driving around, as these shells are coming in, you still see the Ukrainian people getting on with their life because they have to. So it's their livelihood, it's right? It's a business, yeah. Right? Like you a, can't just give up businesses. on that. Unless it, it escalates to the point where you need to evacuate. But um, you, you need to... You need to um, uh, pay some attention to what's going on in the world because at some point, you know, if if you um, if you need to, you know, to escape or if you need to, you know, keep yourself safe, you need to have some sort of idea of you know what the situation is, um, who's attacking whom, or you know what disaster happened, you know, where. So you need you need to have that perspective, and it's important to have that perspective because. Not only does it keep you informed, it keeps you safe, right? Yeah. So I'm, I think that boils down to like one topic, like globalism. Like we created, we wanted to create this one culture where like the whole world understands each other and then um, is in contact with each other and knows what the whole world is doing like so if you're across the world in say sri lanka you can you, you can know what's going on in sri lanka if you just right by cl- exactly. click off a keyboard so this is this is kind of what we wanted and we should actually like, kind of be thankful for it that we what we are able to like keep in at least keep tabs on what's happening and then go about our daily lives in a sense. We not focus on the topic every single minute of every single, because we have obviously we have our jobs to uh, do as well. But like, right? We, I'm not saying that globalism is a bad thing. Or like, it's it's the like the whole that we should focus on like, you know, thanking, uh, basically, 
we should focus on i'm not saying we should focus on it like every minute but like just at least give it a thought maybe every day just to check what's mm-hmm. happening or stay stay active at least not Absolutely, like yeah. and and that's the i think that's the problem with what is it entertainment mass entertainment that's they everyone's competing for attention that's, that's... <laughs> right exactly exactly yeah and even i think i was telling you like i was just curious i went on like social media and to see what's happening in ukraine people are going about their lives even while like air raid sirens are going on like even even there they're living in a period of like tranquility and decadence as you said and they're just you know they they don't believe it's real until you know it happens closer to them <laughs> even though they're in kiev <laughs> it's quite scary actually if they it is it. yeah i mean <laughs> uh like like uh, i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast we actually have a we have a cousin in kiev and i, I messaged his brother to um to sort of get an understanding of uh you know what his situation is in kiev and his brother told me that you know he has an escape route and uh, you know he's ready to leave in case he needs to leave because you know there is an invasion going on. It is happening, right? It's it's not some conspiracy uh, where the Russians or just the, you know the media is trying to play this off as um, uh, as you know something that's clickbait. No, it's it's actually happening. There's there's a conflict yeah. going on, right? And I think in in regards to uh, what you said about uh, you know the Ukrainian people who are you know who don't seem concerned, it's interesting because I uh, I visit Reddit quite a bit, especially for Good news. Things can change, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, like I use Reddit for news. I use uh, you know CBC Daily Wire. I use every kind of um, possible news source I can to try and get as many perspectives as I can on what's going on. Yeah, and so- I, I I read this I read this interesting comment. Uh, you know, it could be fake. It could be real. I don't know. But this this guy, he was an, he's an older gentleman from uh, um, was it Slovenia? I don't remember what country he said he's from. But you know, he was speaking in regards to the the sort of nonchalance that some people are showing in Ukraine towards this invasion. And he's like, and he said, um, I'm trying to remember his exact words, but I guess I just have to paraphrase here. Uh, but he said that the reality of an invasion doesn't really hit you right away, especially nowadays in this, in this modern era where we're living in this, this sort of unprecedented um, period of, of peace and prosperity. Um, you don't, you don't really feel that it's real, even though you're living in it, you know? So for these people in Ukraine, um, right. for a lot of them, it doesn't feel real. Right. Yeah. And it, and at some point it might actually hit them that you know there's a big invasion going on, and there's a very real possibility that you may have to evacuate. So I don't know. It's it's just such an interesting situation. It's such an interesting phenomenon, I guess, of the of the modern person to see, you know, um, what your level of alertness is when it comes to uh, these kind of events. <clears throat> yeah so 
I think it is very, very, very scary to think about it, especially being in a bunker or a, actually a metro station. If, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ukrainians are herd, herded in those metro stations. Bit of an interesting tidbit. Apparently, uh, those metro stations were built uh, during the Cold War era, and so they they essentially double as these uh, nuclear bunkers that people can escape to. So essentially, fallout shelters. So that's pretty cool. But that's really cool. Yeah, and and people are actually saying that we should build more of them in North America. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a subway it's station a, right here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually an interesting idea. I mean. Because, um, the I think those 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 old metro stations in countries like Ukraine and all those former Soviet territories, like like I said, they were they were built during the Cold War, and so they they go like super deep into the earth because they have to double as these sort of bomb shelters or or bunkers where people could uh, retreat to in the event of, of a nuclear war. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. It sounds like fear mongering, but it's a it's an interesting idea and one that could potentially save lives, you know, in the unlikely event of of a global global conflict. So it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, exactly. And maybe this maybe the Scarborough subways are <laughs> dig them deeper, dig them deeper, Ford, <laughs> dig them deeper. or whoever's in charge. <laughs> Gotta make the fallout shelter, boys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what time we are. Oh, 50 minutes. Wow. Oh, man. We didn't even get to... Oh, okay. You know what? It, it's fine. We'll we okay. will get to... Uh, we'll, we'll do the next episode on, on the Freedom Convoy. It is important that we cover that, too. But um, So, I guess, I guess for closing remarks, it's... Just keep an eye out, people. Uh, again, don't, don't let fear rule your life. But... Always be aware. Always be alert. Um, you know when you when you look at these these stories, don't ever think that hey it's not going to happen here. Uh, because I guess relating it to the the trucker convoy for a moment, people never thought that would happen here, and it happened here, right? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. So <laughs> you always gotta expect the unexpected, especially now, as you know tensions have sort of um, sparked uh the this conflict in ukraine so it could boil over it, it maybe it won't boil over i hope it doesn't boil over um, but if it does you need to be aware of what's going on so please please pay attention and of course um i want to say this i should have said this at the beginning or we should have said this at the beginning um to the people of ukraine stand strong you know kick out the russians no one likes foreign invasions and uh uh, you know, thoughts and prayers going your way. I know thoughts and prayers are cliche, but I actually mean it, especially oh, yeah. towards. I mean, to, I, I direct this at everyone, but there's a there's a decent sized, um, I think, Crimean Tatar uh, Muslim population in in Ukraine. So, uh, yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers to them. Thoughts and prayers to everyone. So, you know, stand strong, uh, and fight if you have to fight. Fight. I mean, you don't have to fight. I don't. I don't believe in force force conscription, but unfortunately, it seems like that's actually happening. Um, but you know, just do what you got to do. Um, if you have a family, you want to escape, uh, please do so safely. You know, get out while you still can. And or if you want to fight, go ahead, fight and do it bravely, do it nobly. You know, the world supports you, even though uh, you might not be seeing military intervention. 
I think most of the world does stand with Ukraine. And I do hope that, you know, because the loss of life, I I know the Russians are the aggressors here, but, you know, the loss of life in war, regardless of of, um, who's fighting, it's always sad. So I, I do hope that this conflict comes to an end soon and that both sides do find something to talk about at, you know, the diplomatic table. Um, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I I think Putin really wants the Ukraine as either a state of Russia or um, he wants to have some sort of uh, puppet government there. Uh, But either way, I I do hope uh, this situation is resolved fast. And and I feel like uh, with regards to propaganda and everything, it is. It, uh, we can just take it uh, as it is. Like um, it, it has built morale for either side of the, mm-hmm. and it, and it's used effectively in the war effort. So I mean, you can you can ignore it. You can choose to follow it. It's not it's not really up to anyone's call to like yep. uh, absolutely um, for someone to listen to it or <laughs> or for someone to ignore it. It's not really, yeah, uh, anyone's decision. But uh, let's hope for the best anyway for Ukraine and the world in general. I think I think definitely um, hope the conflict ends soon because uh, Kiev, is, it's just crazy. The Kiev is the capital and uh, they're, they're under siege right now. So... Mm-hmm. It's just hard to believe. Like, can you imagine if Ottawa was under siege? Well, under- no. <laughs> going okay. back to the Freedom well, Convoy, that's, but that's probably for next week. But I'm, I'm just gonna say, I was gonna say to all the sensationalist sensationalists, there was no occupation, there was no siege. Calm down, okay? <laughs> all right, but anyway, that's so that's that'll be our topic. Week. Yeah, that'll, that's our next topic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. yep. Thank you but, for listening. Uh, <laughs> please do um, comment on what you think of the Russian uh, Russian Ukraine situation, and uh, do let us know um, your thoughts. And we will see you next episode. All right. Have a good day or a good night wherever you are.